You don't have to have millions of dollars to benefit from the advice of a financial advisor. My husband and I not only have to make decisions about our own financial planning needs, but we also have to field questions from our kids who are now on their own. That's why I was excited to hear about the on-demand financial planning for absolutely everyone from Fearless Finance. Their business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable. They make things easy to understand and keep the stress out of making investment choices. With Fearless Finance, you meet your planner virtually who will advise you on your financial journey. Are you paying back student loans, saving for your first house? Maybe you just want to make sure your finances are okay. You can ask all your questions and get answers, no judgment. You'll be charged an hourly rate, no long-term commitment, no minimum required. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit, and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code CLEAN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I am the author of several books, including Organizing for the Rest of Us, 100 Realistic Strategies to Keep Any Home Under Control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 321. So I don't usually listen to my own podcasts. However, I do subscribe to them just to make sure there's no glitches when they're supposed to be coming out. And last week, I happened to hear the beginning of my podcast and realized that I said it was podcast number 220 when it was really 320. I think everybody understands, right? Um, So today I am talking about hobby spaces and dealing with visible spaces and stuff like that. I'm not for sure what I'm going to call it. Sorry, Rachel, maybe you can figure something out. But um, I'm answering questions that have been submitted to me. I do have a form where I take uh, decluttering questions. I have answered some of them in YouTube lives. And I'm going to do some here because this is very helpful for me when my brain is just kind of real tired. And that's the way it feels right now. My brain is really, really tired. And it helps when I just kind of, okay, yes, I can answer these questions. Just please don't ask me to come up with thoughts out of thin air. Uh, Because I launched my book last week. If you haven't gotten it yet, or if you've gotten it and you missed the pre-order, there's a little thing. I still have the pre-order form up and you can go and use your order number if you want to at aslobcomesclean.com slash pre-order. Fill that out and get the decluttering flowchart if you want. Just want to let you all know that that is still available. But yeah, so I am answering some questions this week um, and let's talk about it. All right, first question. I am following your advice to declutter visible spaces first, yay for that, and keep going until I hit my clutter threshold, which she now refers to in her head as the sweet spot, totally means the same thing, that's right. Um, So she goes on to say, I'm a visual person, so the paradox of it is if it's not out, I'll forget it. Example, medicated cream needs to stay out on the bathroom counter. But at the same time, now that I see the joy of empty counter space, I just want everything off. How do I resolve this? So a couple things here. First of all, if you have something that you need to do on a regular basis and you are not going to think of it if you don't see it, then you can have that one thing out or that those things out. Like I am not someone who says all your counters need to be clear. Y'all, I mean, since 
I've just mentioned that I've been doing more YouTube. It is mind boggling to me on YouTube. Whether I did something one time, I did a video and people like several people said, why is your um, dishwasher detergent out on your counter? And so I answered it in a future video. And I just said, because I want it to be like, who even cares? There's no rules that say that you can't stuff have stuff out like that's not the rule. But as a guideline, or if you want to call it a rule, I do follow the well, I, I guess I do call it a rule because I call it the visibility rule. I follow the visibility rule, meaning that's where I prioritize working first is the visible spaces first. So I'm not saying that you can't have anything out. But what I love about this is she's learning the beauty of empty counter space. Well, here's the thing with that too. I would find myself first of all, generally not realizing that I was leaving stuff out. Or if I did purposely leave stuff out, it would be because, oh, well, I'll forget if I don't have it out. But the truth was when everything was out in visible spaces, it all just blended together in my mind anyway. And it didn't necessarily help me to see this item. So instead, when you focus on decluttering first in your visible area, in your on your counter spaces, things like that, as opposed to going deep into the counters, not the counters, the cabinets first, declare those countertops first. Well, the answer to the question, this medicated cream, you know, where would I look for this medicated cream first? It's right here on the counter. But as you declutter that space, there's probably going to be a lot of other stuff on there that you would not look for first there. There's probably going to be a lot of trash, easy stuff and duh clutter. Okay. To get out of there, other things that you're going to ask yourself the question, where would I look for this first? And it's not going to be on this counter. So as you declutter that space, you're probably going to get it to where one of the only things on there is the medicated cream, which is then going to serve its purpose of being somewhere visible so that you don't forget to use it, it's going to serve that purpose a lot better because there's not all this other stuff there that makes it just blend in as part of the pile. Like if it's out there to remind you to take it or use it, I know I keep saying take it when it's a cream, but you know what I mean? To use it, then it's going to serve that purpose of being out for that purpose a whole lot better when there's not a mass of other stuff around there. Okay, so don't get hung up on this idea that the visibility rule means you can't have any clutter out. But the other thing I also want to say is asking yourself the question as you do this, if this space was clear, where would I look for it first, as opposed to where would I look for it first? Well, on this counter, on this counter, on this counter, everything is on this counter. I just look for everything here. No, no, no. If this space was under control, which having one tube of medicated cream out does not mean that this space is out of control. Okay. We're talking about under control, not perfect, right? That was what we talked about in our goals podcast that I did a couple weeks ago. So making that your qualification, like if this space was under control, then where would I look for this first? And it could be there, but it's most likely going to be a whole lot less, which means you are going to be having that visible progress in your home, even if the medicated cream stays in this space where you can find it. Okay. So, but at the same time, I see the joy of empty counter space and I just want everything off. How do I resolve this? The other thing too with that is to realize that the more you do have clear surfaces, the more your brain is going to adjust 
too clear surfaces, the more your brain is going to adjust to things being put away, even if those things aren't naturally put away, but are put away during the five minute pickup of, you know, focused five minute time of picking up and putting away. So your brain is going to adjust to that. And it is going to start to be more normal for you to, you know, look first for things somewhere other than on this counter, like over time that is going to adjust. Okay. And also to remember that it could, because those of us who have all or nothing personalities can very much have the feeling that when this, you know, I am enjoying spaces being clear. I really love spaces being clear. Wow. I wish all of my spaces were clear. I never knew how much I would love spaces being clear. But oh no, if all my spaces are clear, I'll never remember to take my medicated cream, take it, use it, whatever. I'll never remember to use this cream and that will be bad. What am I going to do? Instead to realize you're still going to love your spaces being mostly clear. Like there is value in them being better in it being almost always clear, except for this one medicated cream. Makes sense. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. For those who've been listening for a while, you may have heard me talk about how time is a container. It's a finite thing. And if I try to squeeze too much into the time that I have available, I get stressed and anxious. Therapy can be a place to talk through realistic priorities and goals, helping you deal with stress and anxiety when your days feel overwhelming. It's been great for me to talk through setting boundaries and improving coping skills with a therapist. BetterHelp is entirely online that makes scheduling convenient and flexible. To get started, you just have to fill out a brief questionnaire that will match you with a licensed therapist. If needed, you can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash clean. I am so excited to be working outdoors in my garden again. Fresh air and sunshine really do affect my mood. I'd rather spend more time outside and less time inside making dinner. That's why I love using Prep Dish. It helps me get our meals planned and prepped for the week. I receive a weekly meal plan in my inbox every Friday that fits my family's eating style. There are four to choose from. Each comes complete with recipes, a grocery list, and a detailed plan that walks me through a short prep session and sets me up for success for the coming week. Prep Dish's step-by-step meal prep plan only takes about an hour of prep each week, which I can work into my routine pretty easily. I can then get healthy homemade meals onto the table incredibly quickly throughout the week because the prep work is already done. If you're ready to free up some brain space, I've got great news for you. I got you two weeks free so you can try out the prep dish meal plans for yourself and see if they're a good fit for your family. Just go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for a two week free trial. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. You won't regret it. Spring is arriving and with the change of season, it may be time to upgrade your wardrobe because our closets are a defined space, a container. It's nice to give priority space to high quality items that you love. Quince makes high quality possible. 
they carry high-end products at great prices. Things like organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. My son got so much use out of the down puffer vest I ordered for him this winter. So now I'll be looking at Quince for sundresses for myself for summer. Quince partners directly with top factories, which cuts out the cost of the middleman. That means more savings for us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash clean for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash clean to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash clean. Um, next question. My mother and her sewing business moved into my house. How do I help her declutter when she, quote, all caps, needs, end quote, everything? She has a use for all of it. I know she's overwhelmed, but I don't know where to start to help her when everything is useful. Okay, so this is hard because, you know, there's an answer, but then there's also the reality that you have a um, relationship with this person and you also have, you know, a relationship where she's your mama. And so that adds a different layer to a relationship than you might have in other situations. Um, you also have the added layer that she has moved into your house. And so where you used to live in her house, now she lives in your house. And so that all these things factor in here. But let's just get down to the reality of this question, okay? And that is, I don't use needing something or having a use for something as any factor whatsoever in my decluttering process. Because if you ask me if I need it, I can come up with a reason why I need it. If you ask me how I could use it, oh, I can use it. And your mom sews and she has a business. And so she legitimately does or could use this stuff. So instead, the question becomes, what space does she have for this? Now, I I don't know all the details of the situation. This is not something where I can say, okay, do you have, you know, are you at a stage in your life where your mom can have an entire sewing room and have a room that she lives in? Are you, you know, giving over your dining room? Is this something that has to be put away at the end of every day? I don't know all of this. So I'm just going to kind of give some thoughts on this issue. The container concept is everything. And you said specifically, this is a business, which means that, you know, there's, there's a necessity here, but it also isn't a business that requires physically doing something. We're not talking about drop shipping, where she just has a computer, we're talking about sewing, which you have to have actual space to sew. And so as you help her get set up in your home, because you're honoring the fact that she has this business, she's living there that her, you know, this, if this is where she's going to live now, this is, you know, her home too, where she needs to be able to do the things that she needs to be able to do. So here is the workspace. I think that's one of the things that it can be really easy to fixate on all of these supplies that are needed for something and not prioritize first the actual space to use those supplies to do this thing. So as you help her get set up, you know, first of all, it's your house. So you designate, this is the space that we have for your business. Okay. This is the space that we have for you to do this. 
top priority needs to be the actual room for you to do the work, whether that is a table that is clear, like it doesn't have anything that is long-term stored on that table because it needs to be work area. Of course, my mom always, my mom sewed, sews, sewed, she didn't sew as much as she used to, but she had the um, fold out sewing, you know, board that she would put on her bed. So like that was her big worst workspace where she would cut out patterns and all that kind of stuff. So that's a valid option. But if that is not the way that she does things, then it would be, you know, you need to have an open space where you can do this. This needs to be top priority is where you can actually do the sewing, right? Because if you have all the supplies, but you don't have any room to actually do the sewing, well, then what's the point of any of it? You can actually make it the business, right? So you have the space to do that. And then this is the space that we have for you to then store things, okay? So remember, because you are asking her, because you're helping her, okay? It sounds like possibly, I don't know for sure, but that you might be asking the question, why? Like, why do you have this? And her answer is, well, I need it, which is a real answer, but it doesn't get you anywhere in the decluttering process. And why or what for or anything like that tends to not work well when you're trying to help someone else declutter. When you are trying to help them with a space, why immediately causes defensiveness and being asked to explain something when either maybe I can't give a real explanation or it should be obvious. If you understood me, it would be obvious. Like that's the way I would feel like, you know, if you're asking me, why do I need this fabric? Well, duh, I have a sewing business. And so isn't it obvious? Well, obviously you don't understand me. And that can cause issues. It can cause a power struggle. It can cause hurt feelings, all of that. So avoiding those words, why? And instead going through the process, you know, with this is your designated space and you need to have the room to work. So let's eliminate the things that don't need to be here so that we have plenty of room for the things that do. Okay. So you don't have to explain the container concept. Like, okay, so this lady on the internet says that when you have a red bucket and then you have crayons and blah, blah, you don't need to explain all that, but you do like, this is your space. Like I have given you space. Maybe it means that you cleaned out your own stuff from those rooms to make sure that this is a space that she really does have for this, but this is the space. Like it's a limit. And so let's make sure that we put in your favorite things first, because the things that you absolutely know that you need, the things that really do make this easier for you to do, those things get priority space. And then anything that doesn't fit, well, we don't have the room for it. Okay. But you also might need to just go through the whole process of, is there anything in here that's actually trash? Or is there anything in, you know, that's just kind of collected in your boxes or your storage things for all of your sewing equipment? Okay. Is there anything that, oh, wow. Yes. This fabric is, you know, double knit polyester or whatever that really, truly it it just needs to go. Or is there anything that, oh, wait, somehow my own personal nightgown collection got put in here. And I thought it was fabric when I opened it up. It's not. So is that, that's an easy stuff. So that can go somewhere, you know, easy established home somewhere else, you know, in her living area. Um, you know, so just going through that process and working through it, all of those questions, all of those steps in the decluttering process are non-emotional. Okay. And they don't, they don't let need be the answer, but they don't, 
it, it doesn't get to be the answer. Like there's no why. So there's no, well, like, cause I need it. Instead it's, you know, where would you look for this first? All right, let's put it there. Oh, okay. This is the space that it has. We don't have the room for this item. That makes sense. So just going through that process and really make sure your role in this is to very likely, you know, if I, I, if I think about adding someone who has not lived in my house before into my home to live, I think, well, that's going to require me getting rid of my own stuff so that there is space for this person to move in, especially since she has this business. Okay. I hope that was helpful. I don't know. Did I answer that question? We'll see. Okay. Here's another one. How, and I love this one. How do you handle individual items that don't fit in the designated and well-established container because of an awkward size, like being too tall or too long by as painful as half an inch? Just a few examples, that cool pen or pencil that's just too long for the spot you keep writing utensils in, or the inclement weather bin that that favorite umbrella is too long for, or that medicine drawer in the bathroom that won't fit that one bottle of vitamins because it's too tall and fat and can't be laid down on its side, even if the drawer were empty. Okay, so you've got two choices here. You can come up with a different place for this to go that would fit these items, but more likely because you said that these are designated and well-established containers, accepting the realities of those containers is what you have to do, right? I mean, here's the thing. Two, the first two examples that you gave, first of all, was a really cool pin that's too long. Which means if this is an established space for pens and it has worked for you for a really long time, this is an abnormally sized pen, which means you probably have plenty of other pens. And so just the fact that it's cool, I mean, I can't let the coolness of something be the reason that I keep it in my home. Because I think all kinds of things are cool. And I would want to keep way too much stuff. But you that can't be your deciding factor, the coolness of something. Instead, it's embracing the realities of the space that I have. I would love to keep this pin that has a feather on the end of it. But I can't. Because the space that I have for pins won't fit this. Now, I know it sounds hard, but y'all, one of the things I have noticed about people who don't struggle with clutter in their home is that they realize, like, because I've seen it before, it's like, they'll go, oh, why would you want a huge oversized chair? Because that would take up so much space in my house that I wouldn't be able to do the things that I want to do. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I want it because it's comfortable and cool looking. And yet people who don't struggle with having way too much stuff in their home automatically go, well, there's not room for that. And so I can't have it, even though it's cool. Like, and so letting those containers, sometimes these are the decisions that they help us make is, well, that's cool, but I can't, I can't have that. The space that you have for umbrellas determines the kind of umbrella that you have. Now, if you live in a climate where you quite literally use umbrellas all the time. And it is something that gets, you know, 
every day I have to check the weather. I'm thinking of London. I don't know. But every day I have to check the weather because it's always rains and I've always got to have my umbrella. I always bring it back inside and I always put it in this one spot. Maybe for you, you might decide that, um, okay, because an umbrella is a constant part of my life, I am going to have to create a new container that will fit this umbrella that is actually the one that makes a huge impact on my life, a huge positive impact on my life because it's the right kind of umbrella and I use umbrellas all the time. I can't even imagine living that life because I don't even think about umbrellas. I mean, I have a couple that I keep with our football stuff for a rainy football game. But other than that, I just, you know, get wet. That's just kind of my personality. So, but for a lot of us, something like this, you know, the coolness of the umbrella, if another kind works perfectly fine, that does fit in this space well, then I'm going to go with the one that does fit in the space. And I'm going to be sad. Like it's perfectly fine for me to be sad that I can't have a super cool umbrella. But I also can't have a super cool umbrella. That's just facts. That's just how things go. Okay. Oh, but let's talk about the vitamins. If this is something that, you know, you have options on the size of vitamin bottles that you can buy, you might need to buy the the smaller vitamin bottle that has 200 instead of 500 in it because that's the space that you have for it and you're learning the hard way here oh you know this is this is annoying it's annoying that i can't fit this one into the normal drawer where i put all my other vitamins and it has to stay out on the counter until i've you know for the next 100 and or 300 days or I don't know, whatever, you know, for me to be able to, to use this up. And so the next time I buy it, oh, that's right, I can't get the bigger one. So I'm saying so it's, unfortunately, it is about accepting the realities of the space that you actually have in your home. And that often keeps me from, I, I don't get to just pick my favorite always, I pick my favorite, according to what actually works and fits in my home. Because that's the thing I can't change. I can change the size of the vitamin bottle. Maybe it means for now I have to decant that, which I've learned that word, which I still feel like it's, anyway, but I have to, which means, you know, put it in a different container for now until I've used it up and then remind myself, oh, that's right. I just need a smaller container or I go, you know what? I like it in the prettier new container and that's what I'm going to do every time. Here we go. Another thing about sewing, talking about hobbies. Um, Though I enjoy sewing, I was never one to have a fabric stash. However, over the last couple years, I have accumulated quite a few pieces. I find keeping that inventory to be a weight on my mind. Does it count as decluttering if I simply pull that off the shelf and sew it up into clothing for my grandkids? Yes. Yes, it counts as decluttering. Weighing on your mind is not good. Letting it stay after you have acknowledged that it's weighing on your mind, let it go. And sometimes letting it go, especially with pieces and parts of a hobby, means going ahead and turning it into something so now it leaves. I mean, that is an absolutely valid way to declutter 
especially for those of us who love a lot of craft stuff, which is why I think our sponsor this week, KiwiCo, is a great example because they send you all the pieces, just what you need. I don't have to collect a bunch of stuff. Okay. But, but really though, like it is validly decluttering for you to create the thing. So then the parts and pieces are no longer needing to be stored or are no longer sitting out and being difficult to be stored and driving you crazy and stuff. So yes, do it. Because that is fun. That's like the most fun kind of decluttering there is, right? Next question. How do I keep my husband from pulling out the things of mine that I've chosen to donate? He'll pull candles, body wash, lotion, and other things of mine that I no longer want or have never used out of the donate box and either say they're perfectly good or we might need them someday. Um, I I totally get this. And I appreciate that you're asking about your own stuff because it's a different thing if you've put his stuff in there and he takes it out. But we're talking specifically about stuff that he doesn't want for himself that is yours. You know, I always advise that you start with your own stuff or neutral stuff first. And that's what you've done. It's in the donate box and he pulls it out. Here's what I'm going to say. This is where there's a lot of value. I don't know why I always say, here's what I'm going to say. Why don't I just say it? But anyway, there is a lot of value in getting stuff actually out of your house. Gone, out, gone. So maybe this is motivation for you to get it into the donate box, stick it in your car and get it to the donation drop off quickly to avoid this. Because you do need it out of the house. This is your stuff. You're not sneaking anything out. But you are at a point where you understand the container concept, you understand your clutter threshold, and you understand that you might need to you might need to donate some perfectly good stuff. You're at that point. He's not at that point. And that's okay, because you maybe weren't at that point either. And you've been thinking about decluttering and looking into all this and considering it and changing your way of thinking. And he's not there yet. And he's doing something that, that he thinks is good. And he, he thinks is nice. So just get it out of the house a little bit quicker. Okay. Um, make that part of your motivation because I think we all need that motivation. Don't we, we all need the motivation to actually follow through on not just putting it in a donate box, but actually getting it completely donated. And the more you do that over time, then he's going to experience what it's like to live in a house with less stuff. And then he's probably going to like it. And then the next time he does see that kind of stuff, he might be, you know, thinking, Oh, he'll be less attached to it. Okay. I guess is what I'm saying. Here's a good question. How do you handle rehoming something due to a life change? My son is just starting to walk and now can get into and reach places he couldn't before. That's a really fun phase of life. I'm telling y'all it's a super fun phase, but yes, it's challenging. Anyway, so the question is, what happens when the answer to where would I look for this first is on that shelf, but I know I have to clear off that shelf so little hands can't reach it. So it's kind of the same thing like we talked about before. If this space was clear, then where would I look for it first? You know, if this space wasn't piled in stuff, where would I look for it first? Same kind of thing for this situation right here, okay? Is I have to clear off this space, which means it needs to be completely clear, 
right? Like I need to not have anything small or anything that is, you know, dangerous for him here. So if there weren't any small pieces of things here on this bottom shelf, where would I look for it first? See what I'm saying? So just kind of working that, weaving that into that first decluttering question of if this space was clear, if this space didn't have choking hazards on it or whatever. Okay. Um, Another thing with that too is, you know, we all rearrange at different times of life. And this is kind of, you know, this life change is a time where you might be rearranging and you might be doing something like, I don't know, making the, the, bottom shelf is now our living room toys. And so that's going to be where those things are stored and everything else, you know, moves up a couple of shelves or whatever it would make it out of his reach. So anyway, it's a fun time of life. It goes quickly. So just know that even if it's not an ideal situation, like an ideal solution, like you would picture and want forever, um, it's okay. It's worth it. Okay, because it really will be, be pretty temporary. And finally, the question, how do you get spouses on board? My husband is convinced that we don't have too much stuff. We just need more bins or a bigger house. So um, the standard answer that I give on this question, and know that you are not the only person with this question, it is probably the most common question that I receive you know, I work now with Dawn and Cass on things. They both say it's the most common question they get when the three of us are together answering questions. It's the question that always comes up. Like is always, how do I either get my husband to declutter or convince him that we even need to declutter? So the number one thing that I have to say is don't feel like you have to convince him before you start decluttering. Okay. Now, when I say that, let me be clear that you need to start by decluttering your own stuff and neutral stuff. Do not start with his stuff. Okay. It is very easy to look at someone else's stuff and see all the reasons why it makes no sense to have that stuff in your house. Like what, why do you need the t-shirts from all of your college activities, whatever, because you don't have any personal attachment to those things. So you see it and it's super easy to see that that is clutter. Don't start with his stuff. Don't even do his stuff in the beginning. Like get that out of your mind and say, I'm going to worry about my own stuff. I am going to worry about my own sock drawer. I'm going to purge my own socks until my sock drawer closes easily. I am going to, you know, whatever space in the home is kind of, you know, my domain, I'm going to get rid of the neutral stuff, not his stuff that's in that space, but the neutral stuff and my stuff do that. And, you know, I here, here's the thing. I'm always telling people that those of us who really struggle with clutter, that was me. And I always just assumed I just needed to get organized or I just needed a bigger house. I mean, I remember when we were moving to the area where we are now, like, you know, 15 years ago, and we had looked at some houses that were huge. We ended up not going with those, but I just, my eyes, my mind, my heart, when I thought about having all that space for my stuff, I was like, this is it. This would solve all of my problems. 
unfortunately, now I know that more space doesn't solve the problem. But it's really, I don't know that someone could have convinced me of that. How did I realize, how did I end up figuring out that more more space was not the solution to my problems? I figured it out by decluttering. I didn't declutter after I realized, oh, well, the more space I have, it will never solve my clutter issues. I just realized, well, this is the space I have and there's too much stuff in it. I'm going to start getting rid of stuff. And then as I got rid of stuff, it became easier to live in my house. My house looked better. It felt better. It functioned better. And I went, oh, wait a minute. The solution was never a bigger house. The solution was just I needed to get rid of stuff, but I didn't realize that until stuff was gone. Okay. Because as long as I had more stuff than I could fit in my house, you couldn't have convinced me. So work on your own stuff and neutral stuff. Your house will improve. It'll be easier to manage. You'll experience that. Oh, wait, maybe we don't actually need as much more space as we thought. We just needed to get rid of stuff. And now that stuff is gone and our house is much more comfortable and we like it more. And it, fits more with the vision that we had for it when we originally moved into this space. And then the perspective on stuff will change the perspective on how much you need because you'll live with less stuff. You'll experience living with with less stuff. You'll enjoy your house more. And that eventually, I can't promise it, but will probably likely can almost promise, but I won't promise change how he views stuff and how he views this idea of, oh, maybe it does make sense to get rid of stuff. I can't guarantee it. And yet it happened for my family. And it has happened for so many other people's families. They worried about their own stuff first so that people didn't feel threatened as they were decluttering. They didn't feel threatened or judged or, you know, you're throwing my stuff away and leaving your own stuff. No, they're getting rid of their own stuff. People started to experience what it was like to live with less stuff and how much nicer and easier it was to keep a house under control and then they change their perspective on their own stuff. So don't try to talk him into getting on board before you actually start doing it. Just start doing it. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. I think I'm going to quit there. Um, couple of things. I did just want to remind you that my new book is out, Organizing for the Rest of Us. So you don't even have to wait. If you want a digital copy, either audio or ebook, um, you can get those wherever books are sold. If you want to order the you know, physical book, you can do that. Just search Dana K. White on any place where you like to buy books. And don't forget that you can still get the decluttering flow chart. Just go to aslobcomesclean.com slash pre-order, even though, you know, pre-orders are over, but you can still get the flow chart. So by filling out your information there. Okay. It's been fun. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.